Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank, Now What? The Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in for another Now What? Wednesday. So excited to be here with all of you and share another inspirational story. This one was definitely a favorite for me when I met this young lady She was just full of energy and life and wise beyond her years, for sure. So today we are chatting with Kamesha um, Boudreaux, and she's going to be sharing a story about following, following dreams. And I know so many of us set out dreams and think about them, but never really act on them. So Cam's going to be sharing how she actually chased her dreams and went down a different path than most thought she would. So she is a former pre-med student turned personal trainer and mindset coach. Her challenging childhood led to drug and alcohol abuse and suffered from depression, ADHD, anxiety, and had suicidal thoughts. That's when fitness saved her life and her alpha persona emerged. As a personal trainer and mindset coach, she has built a killer program that feeds her alpha, where she takes action, makes decisions, and keeps moving even in the midst of major fear. With her mindset work, she reprogrammed her subconscious to be positive and rebuild her relationship with herself. She took ownership of her life and now helps others do the same. Kamesha, or Coach Cam, as many know her, has a truly inspiring story. Despite her young age, she has lived and experienced more than others, and these experiences that have fueled her desire to go after her dreams and inspire others along the way. So without further ado, let's get to the now what? Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few actually. And in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out. Sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question now what hey friends have you ever had that i just feel so bloated now what moment (laughs) me too and that's when i reach for my greens gut glow drink Yep, I can sip my way to healthier looking skin, support my digestive system, and get an extra scoop of greens all in one bundle that helps me de-bloat. This nutritious trinity includes three of my favorite Arbonne nutrition products, Be Well Superfood Greens, Gut Health Digestion and Microbiome Support, and Skin Elixir Collagen Support. I drink this every day. The greens, just one scoop of this versatile vegan superfood powder, delivers a blend of 36 fruits and vegetables in each serving for a boost of greens, featuring fiber, photonutrients, along with a natural deep green color courtesy of blue-green algae derived from spirulina, chlorelia, wheatgrass, and barleygrass. Just one scoop provides me with the benefits of eating a full color spectrum of fruits and vegetables. 
Minding my gut's microbiome is a must, and this delicate balance of bacteria helps support favorable gut flora. Designed to support the benefits of a healthy diet, this plant-powered natural health product mixes easily with water, so its blend of probiotics and enzymes can work synergistically with my body to help support gastrointestinal health. Its ingredients include inulin from chicory root and 3 billion CFUs of bacillus coagulant probiotics plus enzymes that act as a digestive aid. This natural health product helps support favorable gut flora while helping to digest proteins and contains ginger, which traditionally used in herbal medicine to help relieve digestive upset. For the glow, I'm sipping my way to healthier looking skin. This acai or dragon fruit flavored vegan natural health product features antioxidant vitamin C to help in collagen formation to maximize healthy bones, cartilage, teeth, and gums, silicone and biotin to support healthy hair, skin, and nails, and a blend of sea buckthorn fruit extract, pine bark extract, and vitamin C for antioxidants. This vegan natural health product provides beneficial ingredients for my skin, hair, and nails. So head to jessicastevenstoronto.arbonne.com and use promo code ARBONNE10 to get 10% off your Greens Get Glow bundle. That's jessicastevenstoronto.arbonne.com and promo code ARBONNE10 gets you 10% off. Or just click the link in the show notes and get your Greens Gut Glow Bundle all in one click. All right, here we are. Hello, Kamisha. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm really, really good. I'm so excited that we were able to connect so quickly and have this awesome conversation. (laughs) Yes, I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah, you know, this this topic, this conversation is is so important because I feel like so many, so many people, whether they're young or old, you know, don't follow their dreams enough. Right. So mm-hmm. it's always good to have conversations with people who are doing that. So obviously I just read your awesome bio to everybody and girl, I got to say for a 21 year old, you have lived some life. Oh my goodness. Like you have definitely experienced things. You have touched all fast, like different industries and facets you've traveled. So good for you. That is, that's something that most people at 51 or 61 haven't accomplished. So you at 21 already doing so much. I, I just love to see that, but I always love for guests to share something about themselves in their own words that they actually want people to know about you. Like, what do you want the listeners right now to know about Kamisha? I'm the type of person that I just go for it. I don't overthink. And I believe that that's the one thing I want you to know about me, because that is something that I would be okay with everyone replicating. And I think that it would help a lot of people if they just hopped in with two feet, you know, because Mm -hmm. it adds so much spice to life. I tell people all the time, this is like one of my favorite analogies is like, I can't explain to you what it feels like to swim with you sitting on the side of the pool. Yes. Yes. Like I can't describe what the feeling of all the water is on your body and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like what buoyancy it, like I can't explain to you what it feels like to swim with you just sitting on the side. So you got to jump in. Exactly. 
A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I feel like you are that I, you just, you cannonball into the pool. Like you're like, I do like water. Let's go. You're (laughs) like that dog that as soon as the sliding door opens, just like guns it and just like soars into the pool and the owner's like, oh my gosh, now she's all wet. Yeah. And now we're going to have to deal 100%. with it. Now we're going to have to deal with it. But you are just like happily <laughs> swimming. I'm like, this is awesome. that, yeah. that is my picture. Okay. So we have a great story today. You're going to be talking about just that jumping in and following your heart and following your dreams and maybe going off on a, a different path than what was quote unquote expected of you. Yes. So take us back, although it's not going to be that, that far back. As I said, you're, you're at the ripe old age of 21, but like, take us back to when you started to decide that, Hey, this isn't the life that I want. Mm-hmm. These are the things that I want to do. And I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to follow my dreams and I'm going to go down this path. Yeah. Well, actually it, it's amazing because at the age of eight, my parents asked me, I don't know why I was starting so young, but they were like, what do you want to do with your life when I was eight years old? And I told them, I was like, I want to be rich. So my parents, they were like, that's not exactly the answer that they were expecting. No, it was a good Um, one though, right? It was a great answer, right? I, I still support that answer to this day. So I have always had that. You know what I mean? That like anything is possible and I'm going to follow it through and I'm just going to keep on going. And I find a lot of people, they tend to lose that in life, but I, I held on to that momentum and I kept it. So if you can keep it, like that's even better. And I was following what I thought my dream was, but I think the turning point for me was I'm in my pre-med in university, pulling 16 hour days openly crying down the hallway because at this point I've reached a level of I don't care that I'm so upset with what I'm doing with my life that I'm just like bawling and I'm like university is hard (laughs) and a pre-med is for those of you that don't know it's an accelerated bachelor of science that instead of doing four years you do it in two so I mean one day in university is the equivalent of two days in university and you're overloaded all the time So we got to not even the, it was the end of the first term. We got to like Christmas break and I sat down with my family and I was like, I don't want to go back there. Like (laughs) we were on vacation for like probably a week. And I was like, just that disconnect that you feel from you and your soul when you know that you're disobeying your heart and you're disobeying your dream. And that for me was the turning point. And all I needed was just to hear one person confirm to me that what I was thinking wasn't completely insane. And my grandmother told me, she was like, you know what? You just go for it. You follow your dream. If university isn't your dream, drop out and you go for it, whatever it is. So that was my turning point for me. When she told me that it clicked with me. I was like, I'm not crazy. At least one person sides with me everyone else was like no 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 don't do that and then I had that one person that was on my side and it just made me have that turning point and ever since then it's been very easy to make those decisions and not get stuck in that cycle of like you know like disconnect and that gross feeling yeah because Nana said so so I'm doing it right yeah exactly (laughs) I was like she sides with me we're good to go (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that was a, a very easy conversation to have with your family, especially if, you know, you've been probably 
verbalizing at some, you know, frequently over the course of your life from eight onwards of I'm going to be a doctor, mm-hmm. right? Like after yeah. that, I'm going to be a rich conversation. Then you probably distill it down to be like, okay, I want to be a doctor. What made you exactly. want to be a doctor? Like what, what was it about going to that program that drew you to it originally? That's a great question. And I love that because it's the excellence for me. It's always been the excellence and it's been reaching an exceptional level in something. And so naturally, like it was either lawyer or doctor, because those were the options that were presented to me. And out of the foundational knowledge that I had, that to me was what highlighted excellence. So having a PhD after my name was excellent, being able to go to university, getting accepted, you know, just getting accepted in a pre-med accelerated program is, you know, something that in itself was already a huge like obstacle overcome and a huge achievement to me. So it was just that level of excellence that I was like, wow. So it wasn't like, I want to, I want to be a surgeon. I want to cut things. I want to do these things. It was, I want to be excellent. And the representation of excellence for you at the time was doctor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So showing up to the first, first year of free med, and been like, this is not for me, like, and realizing that, hey, maybe I always said I wanted to be rich. And I always knew that you wanted to achieve excellence. That's mm-hmm. when you're like, I can do that in a different way. Yeah. And I mean, I'm so glad that I was raised with the mindset of understanding there's not one specific way and one way only to attain a goal or a dream. Mm-hmm. And that was so paramount in understanding that my whole life is not falling apart when I dropped out of my, you know, pre-med program. Because like you said, since the age of eight on, it was, I am going to have a PhD after my name. I'm going to university and this is me. And that attaches itself to the identity of a person. And it becomes the sole path that you have, like the only path, not like the sole path, but the only path that you have to actually attain your dream. And then a lot of attachments and ties start to get made, Mm -hmm. but it's not true. There's over a thousand ways that you can actually achieve a goal. And so for me, knowing that I was after excellence, I understood that even if I let this path go, I'm not letting the goal go. I'm not letting the dream go. And that created so much peace within me to know that there's not only one way to go about things. That is very wise for someone of your age. I'm going to say it again, many, many adults who is double or even triple the age that you are now still doesn't understand that still doesn't get that or doesn't believe that about themselves. And that's okay. Cause I believe like everyone is at a different level of maturation and understanding. Mm -hmm. So that's totally fine. But chronological age does not determine mental age or wisdom like those things have zero correlation so everyone tells me wow like you're so young and I'm like yeah physically (laughs) 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 but past past that there's different depths of things and experience and stuff like that which I mean hey I haven't learned at all I haven't gone through it all but you've been through some stuff yeah yeah I've learned a few things along the way (laughs) Uh, you took you I would I would say like you took a crash course in life <laughs> yeah, I did. I just burned the ships and I was like, we're going all in. 
and we're learning and it's okay to fall down and like keep on going you know like there's such a stigma for me at least that I perceive in front of an audience like you can only succeed in front of them and I realized this turning point that I had of failing in front of everyone multiple times over. And I was like, you know what? If I have the audacity to win in front of them, I better have the audacity to lose in front of them and completely fall on my face to show them that that's okay too, you know, mm-hmm. and show them that bounce back ability is something that's needed in life. And it is a prerequisite to actually be successful. You will fail so much more than you succeed, but your successes will outweigh your failures every day. Love that. Love that. Okay. So let's get back to the story. You decide, all right, I'm not going back. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Family's like, "Mm, what you doing girl? Banana's like, go for it. What was then, what did you do next? I'm assuming there were some practical things. Like you had to call the school and said, Hey, peace, peace out. I'm not coming back. Like, and then what did you do? So I've always been like working a ton, always, always. So I had at that point, like I believe it was, I just had one job at the time, actually, I was working in a pharmacy. And I mean, this was still something that really interested me, but I started to become disenchanted with the whole industry as a whole, just for the amount of things I was able to observe and understand about this industry. And so I was working in a pharmacy and I was always into fitness for years before this whole thing came about. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave the pharmacy. I'm going to go. I'm going to do my personal training, nutrition course, everything, like get fully certified. And I'm going to go and be a personal trainer at my favorite gym, which was the gym that everything started at. Like it was the day one gym. I walked in there and that was like the birthplace of my whole fitness journey. So that was what came next. It was being a personal trainer. And I'm assuming that as a personal trainer, you were achieving excellence. So what did that look like? What did excellence look like for you as a personal trainer? Well, I still had the same work ethic. It was 16 hour days. Sometimes I would just sleep in the, like we had a PT room. I would just take like two mats, exercise mats, and I would put them there. And then I would nap in between clients because I was working. I was there at like four or 5 a.m. sometimes working. And then I would stay until like 10. And sometimes I had like a gap between clients or whatever, but the hustle was so real and it's always been so real. Like Mm -hmm. I've been so committed to doing these things. And then after that, it was COVID. Mm. And then COVID hit, we shut down, everyone lost their jobs. What a time. And then there goes everything that I was working for, like my client base and everything like that. So that was obviously really hard, but I mean, the hustle was still real when I was a personal trainer. It was just, instead of doing 16 hour days in university, which was something I hated, I was now doing it in personal training, which was something I loved. So was personal training, did you use that as your, okay, I'm going to do this for right now because this is a passion of mine and this is what I want to do to help you kind of navigate the next path or was it when you left pre-med you're like I want to and seeing what you saw behind the counter at a pharmacy and Mm -hmm. that was probably as you said an eye-opening experience was that were those two things put together you're like no I want to get into health I want to get into fitness I want to help people be healthy in a different way than I would have if I had stayed in medicine so was was the goal still helping people and like doing that the same 
it it's the same. Like I've always had the same motive and I've always had the same destination. Those things have never changed, but what I'm doing in the moment is what is changing. So people look at me outside looking in, they're like, she is all over the place. You know, she started her pre-med and now she's in personal training and now she's doing this and now she's traveling the world and now she's da 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 You know, it looks like I'm all over the place, but my motive has never changed. My goal has never changed, but everything in between that is fine for it to change. And it's mm-hmm. normal for it to change too, because you don't have the same knowledge. When I was behind the counter, I thought we were doing the best thing that we could. And then I started to kind of see, maybe we're not, you know, I am, we have a safe in the, in the pharmacy and in there, that's all of our like highly sensitive medication. You know, this is the type of medication that you're going to get held at gunpoint for. It's the stuff in the safe. And that's what they're going to ask you to open. So by law, everyone that works in the pharmacy has to know the password of the safe, because at any point we could be held up at gunpoint by someone and we've got to open the safe. And it's no such thing as you don't know the code. So everyone behind the counter knows the code to the safe. Everyone behind the counter knows this might happen to you at some point. That's fine. And actually, it did happen to like one of the pharmacies nearby. But anyways, what a story. Another story for another day. (laughs) Exactly. So I was working there seeing that we were dispensing these medications out of a safe to like seven-year-olds. And then in my mind, I was like thinking, I know how addiction works. I know how the mind works. I know, you know, not extensive knowledge to go in depth. Like obviously I don't have a PhD, but I know enough to understand that we're blocking certain energies from these little kids that, you know, if they're able to come back from that, that's amazing. But why am I supporting something like this? And so to me, I realized like if this little kid has an ADHD problem, he doesn't need a pill. He needs some exercise. And that was what with that's what went with my core beliefs as a person. You know, we had an animal rescue when I was growing up and there was no such thing as drugging our dogs because they were too hyper and they couldn't pay attention. You know what we did? We burned their energy and then they were like tired, they're laying everywhere and they are fully attentive to you. And so I realized behind all of these things that are happening that we look to medicine to fix, we could just look to fitness and look within ourselves and we would find the actual answers instead of just putting a bandaid over something and it's always going to be resurfacing. All right. So that is a good motivator for you to be like, I want out of this world. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get into personal training, you, you're, you're still a machine. <laughs> you're, you're going for it. And that's where another kind of dream kind of bubbles to the surface for you. So yeah. I always love asking my guests this question. Now what, what's, what's the focus? What's the path for you right now? So, I mean, I'm in personal training. I have my client base I'm building and like overcoming a lot of the fact that I'm a fucking child in this industry. You know what I mean? And and that's an objection I'm getting from my customers. They're like, you're how old? You're 12. You know what I mean? So that's always been something that I've been trying so hard to overcome. But then from one day to the next, like I'm building, I'm getting momentum, I'm winning, I'm succeeding in this industry. And then COVID hits. That's my next thing that I'm like, oh my gosh what now, you know? And so now it's, we're on complete lockdown. All the gyms are closed and it was insane. Like, honestly, this is one of the hardest times of my life. 
that I went into because Mm -hmm. I didn't have a way that I could fulfill my purpose. I didn't have a way like there was, there was my dreams, my desires and my motivations. And then it seemed like there was nothing. And then there was the goal. And dealing with this whole nothingness was like such a difficult point in my life. This is when my addiction started coming up. This is when like, really, I started going off the the rails. Yeah, off the beaten path. Like, it was insane. And it was like, it was soul testing. Like it was testing on a spiritual level. It wasn't just testing, you know, like, oh, this is really hard. I'm breaking a sweat. Like it was, wow, this is testing all of my values, all of my core beliefs, who I am as a person. And that was a huge obstacle to overcome. So what did he turn to? What did I turn to at that point? It was, I was full-fledged addicted to drugs, drinking, abusing prescription medications, and then also recreational drugs. Cause that was like more accepted to do recreational drugs. Like people don't look at you if you have a problem doing recreational drugs every day, but then, <laughs> and I don't know why, like there's such a, a misconception about that. And then I was like, Whoa, you know, it, it hits you at this point where you're like, what am I doing right now? Like, clearly this is not the path. This is not. And then that thing came back to remind me, Hey, you're not on the right path. So from there, I realized, you know what, I had already started, like I transitioned all of my coach, my clients online so I could coach them online. That had already happened. I was with a significant other at the time. And then we were progressing through this and we were like moving into a house at that point, full-fledged COVID still. And then I also decided that I was going to approach one of the gyms and it not be a big box gym, me work for myself, launch my business full time and then just make money off of that. So I had my business working full time and then it was like, okay, these addictions and everything, this is really going to change. But then there was another turning point because everything was like working, you know what I mean? But it wasn't, it was working out here, but it wasn't working in here. And so I felt another call from my heart and I dropped everything. We had two dogs. We had a house. We ha- I had a full-fledged business. <laughs> I had a huge client base at the gym. And I just, I just dropped it all. And I was like, I am moving to Alberta to learn how to do door-to-door sales. Because I felt like in my business, that was the one thing I was lacking. It was communication. It was the skill of selling. And it was just overall being able to get my message from me clearly over to you. So I saw sales as being the best way to do that. And my mentor here in my hometown told me that this is the thing that you're lacking. So I was like, you know what? We're just taking this whole thing. We're scrapping this project and I am hopping on a plane and I'm going out to Alberta. And that was the next thing. And that was the next adventure. Okay. (laughs) The mindset you need to have to pull yourself out of addiction and clean up your mess on your own is huge. So let's talk about like what that mental fortitude and game looked like when you realize you're like, these, these bad habits of mine are on their way to becoming extra bad. Yes. 
so what did you, that was, you know, what did you do to pull yourself out of that? Was that like, okay, I'm dropping everything. I'm going to move to Alberta. So I'm away from all of it. Or did you start cleaning up that mess before you hit, hit the road? This is the hardest thing that I've done in my life up until this point. So first of all, it's admitting that you have a problem because if you're not self-aware enough, forget about it. And then for me, I understood something about human behavior, which was that we have a lot of ties to our environment because there's a specific energy that's in that environment. So every day I was saying I was quitting. And then every morning I would find myself like, I love to smoke weed. And I had a huge bong. I would be popping yets. And I'm like, what am I doing at like 7 a.m.? So I'm like, what are you doing with your whole day? Oh my gosh. And a yet, for those of you that don't know, it's like weed and tobacco. So I'm also smoking cigarettes at the same point. Like I, I'm dabbling in everything. And I'm like, what am I doing? So I admitted I had a problem. I was committed to stopping, but I was committed in a way that like, it wasn't getting me the result. Like I was like, yes, I want to stop. And I knew it and I felt it and there was conviction. But then next thing you know, the habit engages, right? And the habit sometimes is stronger than you. And then I'm over there, like just taking a token of my bong. And I'm like, do you see what you're trying to be in life? And do you see what you're doing right now? Like these do not go together, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's the first time I've said the word bong in like years. And it sounds weird coming out of my mouth. I'm like, this is not me. It's just yeah, not me. It's no longer part of your vocabulary. It is not. It is not. So I realized that changing environments and changing the people, places, and things that you're around have a huge impact on what you're doing. So I realized at that point, I just have to be honest with myself. I'm going to change the place that I'm at. I'm going to change all of the people I'm hanging out with. And I'm going to change the things that I'm doing after changing these two first things. Okay. And I'm just going to jump. I got a job in Alberta, but I had never been to Alberta. I didn't know where I was going to stay. And I had like $400. And then I just hopped on a plane. That was it. Because I realized like here I'm fighting like, and it shouldn't, it should be a fight to a certain extent, but I'm fighting and I'm not winning. (laughs) So I'm going to change my approach. Like, let's not be insane. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting another result. So I'm like, I'm not crazy. I need to do something that is not this, like this has got to change. So I changed what I was doing and then the result changed. I was smoking like tobacco here. I dropped that when I went to Alberta and then my prescription meds as well. Like I was abusing prescription medication. And then I dropped that when I went to Alberta, the weed thing didn't stop because funny enough, that was something we all had in common. So we went pretty big into that. But then like a lot of the other behavior of just being around like the wrong people change. And then the conversations change. It was more about like making money, making sales, talking about the approach, even though it was all over a joint (laughs) in the backyard as a big circle, it was still something that was so much better than the environment that I had. And so I understood that, you know, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. If I can get over my prescription drugs and if I can get over the fact that I'm popping yets and doing all this stuff, we're making progress here. So I was fine with that. And then that's where we were at. We were in Alberta making sales and making more money than I ever had in my life and still smoking weed. But <laughs> it was a vibe at that point in that chapter in my life. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you moved to Alberta, you're working, you've thrust yourself into the industry of sales. <laughs> yeah. 
what did that teach you? Because there's so many people out there who have amazing opportunities, but there is a sales component and they shy away from it because they're like, I'm not good at sales. I can never do that. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want, I don't want to, you know, bug my bug people. Mm. Right. That's their mindset of sales. So what did you learn from throwing yourself into the industry of sales? So much, but the thing that I would say would be the most important is confidence because that's a stain that cannot be wiped off. Once you have confidence and you're like, I traveled across Canada by myself, you know, becoming the source of what you seek is powerful because then you don't look to people outside to provide something you should be providing within. So sales taught me that it taught me how to make money and money is so important. And people will tell you that it's not, but it is because if you cannot provide your own money or whatever, you're going to rely on someone else to do that because the need is not going to go away. So either you're going to, you know, replace that with like a vice, like that's what I was doing back here. I wasn't making the amount of money that I wanted. So I was engaging more in vices. And of course that actually costed me money Mm -hmm. but then out there it was different you know I was able to dial back on my vices be upfront with my needs my wants and my desires and actually start fulfilling them and be constructive in that way but confidence confidence is the one thing that it taught me you can do anything with confidence it doesn't matter what it is even if you perform it poorly if you are confident (laughs) you're good yeah Yeah. Um, they, they often say too it's not what you say it's how you say it a hundred percent. Right. So that's that confident energy that you're using to share with people. Even if what you're saying may not be a hundred percent like truth, or you've, you've forgotten a little piece of it, or like the pitch script went sideways, as long as you are sharing, whatever you're sharing with total confidence, they don't know the difference. (laughs) They don't know that you're like, Oh, I missed this whole section. I I didn't tell them the benefits of this thing. I only told them what I liked about like, whatever it is, but you're so right. And I tell people all the time is in order to have confidence, you first need courage. You need the courage to do it badly, to get the experience, to do it well. And then once you do it well, that's where the the confidence comes in. So you actually cannot have confidence without courage. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I think that there, there's such a, a misconception of the amount of care that other people put into you and your life and what you're doing. You know, when I went to downtown Toronto, so I've traveled across Canada twice on my own. When I went to downtown Toronto, I learned something that really stuck with me. And I use this in my mind, like multiple times over a day. There's people out there that are on drugs way harder than anything I've ever touched and ever will do in my life. And like, they're out there like screaming, just doing insane stuff. Like they're freaks, you know? And it's crazy to watch them. But I was like, if they can do that, I can follow my dream. You know what I mean? Because you see people and they are going about their day. And this guy's like, I'm like destroying stuff. And the people are just walking by. They're not like stopping and staring. They are doing their thing. They may mention him in the footnote of how was your day, dear? And it was like, well, um, on my way to the work today, I saw a crazy person in the park. Um, yeah. But that's where it stops. That's the thing. And so like, 
if you're doing something that's building your dream and you're scared to take action and you're scared to just pitch someone on something or scared to make a scale, like, do you realize that there are people doing like actually crazy stuff out there and no one judges them for that? So why are you so scared to do something that is for one normal and for two, even if it's not normal, who cares? Because they're going to think about it for like 0.2 seconds and then they're going to continue on with their day because they have their own things. Got it. Love it. Very good lesson. Something you learned from, you know, somebody in downtown Toronto walking the street was like a life lesson for you. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, you learn lessons everywhere you go. If you're open and your eyes are open and you're observing and you're taking in what's going on around you in, there's a lesson in all of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. Okay. So you followed your dream multiple times. You you jumped into the deep end of the pool multiple times. You're still afloat. You're still kicking. You're still alive (laughs) and you're going for so much more. I love the fact that the goal has never changed, which is excellence. And, but just how you're getting there has varied along the way. And that is totally natural and normal too. So yeah, good on you, girl. Good on you. Thanks. Okay. So where can people find you? Where, if, if someone's truly inspired by this conversation and, or maybe they're looking to get a little healthy and they're looking for a personal trainer on some good dose of mindset love from you, where do you like to hang on on the interwebs? Where can people find you? Great question. So my Instagram is my favorite spot to hang out. You're always going to see me there every single day. I'm on IG on my bio in my Instagram, there is my website. So you can check out like what my program looks like, everything like that. And then I also do have a YouTube channel where I deliver hard truths day after day. So you're going to see me on there every single week on YouTube. And that is Primal Tribe on YouTube. And then my Instagram is Boudreaux Kamisha. And you can find me on there under Coach Cam as well. Uh, Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So listeners, was this not a great episode today or what? If this episode resonated with you, please give it a like, a share, subscribe to the show, uh, give a Kamisha a follow. And if you know somebody who is going through something similar, who is maybe struggling and figuring out what path they should be on, maybe they're in school, they're just graduated, maybe they've just left, left a job or an industry and are now trying to figure out what's next for them, please, please, please share this episode because it may just help them figure out their very own. Now what? Okay. That is it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening in. And uh, if you are a patron, head over to patreon.com backslash. I just blank now what, because we are going to be spilling a little extra protein powder and smoothie over there as uh, we're going to continue this conversation and uh, we're going to get some awesome fitness tips from the lovely Kamisha. So that's it for us this week. And we will see you next week for another episode. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. 
Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.